This is the Field of Streams Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by Fangraphs. Hello and welcome to the Field of Streams Podcast for Friday, April 22nd. I'm your host, Dylan Higgins, joined by my co-host, Brad Johnson. Brad, how are you doing this morning? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing well, doing well, doing another uh, live broadcast here on Friday morning, now our third one, and we are joined second week in a row by Scott Strandberg. Scott did so well last week, love to have you back. Scott, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm really, really tired. Um, yes. This is this is very this morning stuff is it's a whole new world for me. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I I've got this coffee here, so that that should help when it when it kicks in. Yeah, I had a bit of that this week too. Um, Brad and I were talking right before the show. This is a new thing we're doing these live Friday morning broadcasts, and uh, just as we do with the regular podcasts, we appreciate any feedback. So if you guys uh, are liking the show, or if you wish the time were a bit different. Um, we do it at this time specifically just to try and, between time zones, get people involved uh, that can view the live broadcast, but also we want to get the actual audio podcast where most people listen out at a good time, you know, and Friday helps because the games aren't until evening, but I don't know, there's a lot of juggling. So, um, yeah, if you have feedback on the show, we like to hear all the time, um, but yeah, it's a bit early, but uh, yeah, we're getting ready for uh, Friday stuff, but uh Brad, I wanted to ask you about Thursday games first before we roll into it. Uh, how did DFS go for you? And mostly, I want you to help me brag about Rich Hill. Uh, I know that's <laughs> not here, but uh, I, I went with Rich Hill, and it went pretty okay. I am number one guy on the Rich Hill wagon. Uh, were you able to watch this start, and did you have him in DFS at all? I wasn't able to actually watch the start. I had a kickball game and oh associated bar going afterwards. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, I, I did have a Rich Hill lineup. Uh, performed pretty well top to bottom. Had some Padres, or not Padres, Pirates. Uh, a couple uh, Astros. Had, the whole thing worked out top to bottom. George Springer was my worst player. <laughs> yeah. I had, a, I had Rich Hill, and he allowed two runs, one earned. Both of Here's the thing. Both of the runs he allowed are ones that he walked, um, which is bad. But, uh, like, one of them scored on, like, a bloop after, like, a bad pickoff throw. And, like, one of them scored on, like, the worst slow infield single, like, you've seen. So, like, yeah, he walked him and he kind of owns those. But at the same time, I was like, oh, that could have been scoreless so easily. But, uh, and this, he, yeah, sorry, go ahead. He, he got he got some 10 strikeouts again. How's he keep doing this? Yeah, he, I mean, yeah, I'm trying, not complaining, because he went to Yankee Stadium and he did awesome, and I just, I, I called him the other day the the pitching Chris Carter, where, you know, he's going to hit a home run for you, or he might go 0 for 4. Like, there's a good chance you get no points from him, but when he's on, he's on, and you can get ace production from him. I am, yeah, I am on the, uh, the Rich Hill bandwagon this year for sure, plus I just think he's a lot of fun. Um, Scott, have you been following Rich Hill at all? Are you, are you in on that? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I've, I've really been following just partially because I know that, that you're a big fan of Rich Hill and, uh, you know, he's one of, I've found that so far for me this year where I'm making my money in my DFS lineups has been with the cheaper, lower owned, high strikeout potential pitcher that allows me the budget to, to build a, you know, a better lineup with that savings. Um, my biggest win of the year so far was on Wednesday with Drew Pomerantz, for yes. example. Um, yeah. so yeah, that formula seemed to work out really well for me. So the, the guys like a Rich Hill are going to be on my radar all year for sure. 
Yeah, Pomeranz, which uh, Matt liked a lot, and that worked out really well for him. I'm getting to brag about yeah. Rachel from Thursday. He got to brag about Drew from, from Wednesday, for sure. All right. Um, Brad, did you have anybody else from Thursday you wanted to talk about uh, before we move on? Any, any baseball stuff on the top of your head? We could probably move along. <laughs> uh, well, the, so, the Cubs were definitely the uh, the stack to own yesterday. <laughs> that did happen. We can talk about Arietta, who, of course, threw a no-hitter, which was amazing. DFS-wise... Not a ton of strikeouts. Everybody had him. Um, Chris Bryant had himself a heck of a day. That was just one of those days where the stack that you knew would do pretty well did. Went went about yeah. as, as good as you could have, and I think a lot of people had them. But, you know, it was probably the kind of night where if you didn't have them, if you didn't go the obvious way, then you were probably out of the money. You kind of had to had to go with that, and that was impressive. And I think we're going to see a lot of that. I think, you know, anytime the Cubs are playing the Reds, I think it's going to be rough matchups for a lot of the year yeah yeah and i think we might be talking about that again for friday um oh, yeah. before we move on uh brad you have a DraftKings contest going on uh for friday yeah yeah so uh i, I stole an idea from paul spore and we're just doing a daily grind invitational every day uh starting out kind of small i'm not trying to make it so i have to bug people into joining every day uh, so just 30 people, uh, $2 entries. I'm keeping a little leaderboard that I post every day in the Daily Grind. Uh, so if you want to come join us, it's on DraftKings. Uh, I have a post up, and I should probably pin that. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's on Twitter. It's in the Daily Grind. Uh, Dylan's going to post it in Field of Streams when that's up. So yeah. uh, through, you can find it. Yeah, it's on the Fangrass post now. So if that's how you got to this stream, uh, it's there. You, you can find it. And... Uh, Scott, I sent you the link, too, and so if you want to yeah. play along, and while we do this show, we can make some picks for that, but I like doing this uh, this this live, filling out the stuff, and, and trying to make the DFS a little more social, like traditional fantasy, which is something it offers that isn't always done. And, uh, of course, we're recording live. If you're watching this, uh, use Twitter. You can tweet at any of the three of us, and then uh, also hashtag Field of Streams, and we'll take your live questions or your live input or maybe guys you're looking at for Friday or you think our picks stink or anything that you want to join the show a little bit. We want to keep it interactive. So, uh, yeah, tweet at us throughout the show and we'll get you in. You can be a, a part of the show for sure. All right. With all that out of the uh, way, uh, sorry. Go ahead. One, one little comment, one little comment I had before uh, we got into the actual options for today. Did you guys see how uh, FanDuel is changing their scoring system? Yes, I did. I haven't written it up because it's not going to, Go until next Wednesday, I think. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about that? I mean, I I, re- I really like the fact that it's going to cause a lot less ties, but I haven't had yeah. a lot of chance to think about it. it it's uh, that's the main thing about it. They're rewarding run production just a little bit more than they are now, and the real purpose is to cut down on all the ties that have been going on this year. And I haven't noticed ties being a problem in the past. When I mean, the scoring is the same as in the past too. It's just they multiplied everything by three this year. Uh, so, I, I don't know, it's a little odd that the ties have been such an issue this year, but uh, it's good that they're trying to address it. Yeah. I didn't know much about that, but that's interesting. You're going to be writing that up next week, though? Yeah, I'll make sure everyone's aware of it. Uh, it'll be one of my little lead-ins. Mm-hmm. I think uh, usually... off, off the top of my head, I think they're changing it to 3.5 points per RBI and 3.2 per run. Yeah, it's it's either that or the reverse of that. Right, yeah. It's 3.5 and 3.2. And, yeah, it's just, it's just rewarding run production a little extra and mm-hmm. getting those ties out of the way. Hmm, that's interesting. All right. Um, 
All right, so let, let's move on to Friday, because it's another Friday game. There's a, a million games on the late slate. Uh, these Friday ones are kind of massive, so there's a lot of picks, a lot of places yeah. to go. Um, we're going to start at Catcher. We always start at Catcher. Uh, Brad, going to let you get started. Uh, out of the many options, I wrote down seven names. I don't think you need seven options, but uh, who's sticking out to you that you, you think you might actually go with uh, at Catcher on Friday? So, yeah, there's a lot of options. Uh, Yasmani Grandal at Coors Field, if you want to pay up a little. Uh, both sites have pumped his price tag up. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably to a point where I'm not too interested, especially because it's going to be such a, a popular stack. Uh, but, again, a, a really easy and obvious pick against John Gray coming back from the disabled list if you mm-hmm. want to go in on that. Uh, also, like Tigers tonight, FanDuel considers uh, Victor Martinez to be a uh, catcher. And then uh, Jared Salfamaki has also been quite hot with the bat. Mm-hmm. Uh, both up against Josh Tomlin, a homer-prone fly ball pitcher. Uh, games in Detroit, which is a neutral park. Uh, I, I could see either of them having a pretty good game. Uh, Martinez is doing his usual thing with showing a little bit of power, uh, walking a lot, and not striking out ever. Yeah, I have him in a standard fantasy league, and I like how he's hitting, but I DH only and can be kind of a... a I'm hamstrung a little bit with him, especially based on my bench and stuff. But uh, him being catcher eligible is a pretty big deal. and Yeah, so I'm, on FanDuel especially, yeah. very big deal. Uh, DraftKings, uh, probably a guy you're not going to pay attention to today. Yeah, and picking on Josh Tomlin, I'm okay with that. I don't know how you guys feel about Josh Tomlin. I have friends who are Indians fans who just shake their head just in terms of, especially being homer prone. I think he gave up one to the first batter he faced in his... Uh, his first outing this year, and uh, he pitched okay after that, but still, uh, he's a guy known to give up homers, and that can be a guy to target in DFS, especially was, uh, with the Tigers. It was funny, I was I was looking this up, um, you know, because Tomlin is such a homer-prone pitcher, and I noticed that uh, last year he gave up a home run to none other than Jared Saltzvalmachia in the game they played against each other, so... <laughs> Hmm, how about that? Okay. <laughs> Maybe not a bad pick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we've said we don't look a lot into hitter versus pitcher records, oh, but course. it's never but it's never a bad thing. It's, that's that's good news, you know, even if it's yeah. not making your decision for you. You're like, all right, that's a positive, sure. Yeah. Hitting a homer's better than not hitting one. <laughs> yeah. Um, Scott, did you have anybody uh, sticking out to you at catcher? Um, yeah, you know, I Buster Posey's price has fallen like crazy on FanDuel. Yeah. Um, he's I, I'm not real interested in him on DraftKings because he's still 4,400 on DraftKings, but on FanDuel he's down to 3,400. Teddy's got Jared Cozart. You know, Posey's better against lefties. There's nothing to like about home games in San Francisco, but I I don't believe in Cozart at all, and yeah. and Posey's price has fallen to the point where he's really in play for me now. Yeah. Oh yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, we, we've talked about Cozart and how last year supposedly he had uh, like vertigo problems or something weird like that, and he says he's over yeah. it and that he's like ready to go, and that's good, I'm glad he's healthy, but like I still need to see it first, you know, and right. I haven't yeah. seen it yet. Uh, I believe there's potential there for him to straighten out, but until he's done it, I'm still picking against you. And so I agree that even if Posey doesn't have his best matchup, he's still the best fantasy catcher. And so if his price is down that low, uh, that's a place to go. Um, I like those guys also on my list. Um, Wellington Castillo gets John Neese. I kind of like John Neese, but I like Wellington Castillo against a lefty specifically. Yeah, Castillo loves lefties. Yeah, so um, even though I'm not, I don't pick a bunch of guys against uh, John Neese today, I think Castillo's a, a just fine place to go. 
And then uh, I said we're gonna be mentioning this uh, these Cubs at the Reds again, and Miguel Montero gets John Moskett, I believe is how I'd pronounce it, uh, and he should do fine. That bullpen's gonna be taxed. I don't think John Moskett's any good. Miguel Montero's gonna be keep fine. Keep in mind, uh, John Lester starting today, so it'll probably be David Ross uh, in again. Oh, that's like probably true. yesterday. Yeah, I didn't consider that. Yeah, uh, that that makes. I said a homer yesterday. Um, yeah. You know, could have another good game, too. <laughs> That's a good call. Would you really consider taking David Ross just because he's in Yeah, he, he's he's a, a punt. You know, he's 2100 yeah. on FanDuel. You're, if you're picking him, it's to fit someone in who could do something mm-hmm. against terrible pitching at a really good park. Yeah. You're right. I did not consider that he would be in a Cid Montero. That's a good call. Uh, I always forget sometimes those matchups and then also sometimes the AL guys in, in L parks and how that can screw things up. Good call. David Ross would be an interesting one there. So no Montero for me. Um, but would you consider... Uh, I want to talk about Aaron Sanchez for a second. Because he's been sure. awesome so far. And Aaron Sanchez yeah. has... We knew he had really good potential. He was totally worth a flyer this year. And his issue has been left-handed hitters. And uh, not only has he been much better against left-handed hitters, but I mean, it's only like three starts, but he's like killed right-handed hitters. So the split's still there. But if he's going to be this good, I don't know that it matters. So I wrote down Stephen Vogt getting Aaron Sanchez. I still think there's a weakness to lefties, but at this point, are you just avoiding picking against Aaron Sanchez in general, Brad? Yeah, I'm actually considering using him tonight. Uh, yeah. The A's have one of the weaker lineups. Yeah. I think we'll, we'll talk about it a little more depth later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I see Sanchez as a, a viable pick. The biggest issue is Sonny Gray on the other side of the matchup. Mm-hmm. I, I can also see using Stephen Vogt, though, uh, yeah. going the other direction with it. As you said, it's... Just such a small sample to say he's been successful against lefties this year, yeah. uh, especially since it looks very Bapip related. Uh, yeah. He's he always been a guy who holds down Bapips, so it's uh, he's a strange guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Even though he's been good, the split's still there a little bit. I think that yeah. even if he straightens out, there will be a weakness to lefties. So if you want to try and go there, you can. But I wouldn't blame anybody that's uh, avoiding him in general. Uh, Brad, do you have any other catchers that we didn't mention? I'll always toss Francisco Cervelli out there. Yeah. Uh, the, the matchup against Pat uh, Corbin, it, it's not as good as most lefty on righty matchups. Corbin's pretty solid. Uh, he's got some pitches with uh, that can handle righties. Mm-hmm. Uh, still, Cervelli is just so reliable. Yeah, uh, he's always going to give you a little bit of something uh, every game, and that's what I like, especially for like a fifty-fifty or cash game type format. You're going to get a high floor out of him. Sure, yeah, I definitely like it for that format. Um, the other catcher I had, I had two more. Um, Travis Darno gets Bud Norris. I just don't believe in Bud Norris at all. I think Darno will be fine there. I don't think I don't think Bud Norris believes in Bud Norris. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Uh, Matt <laughs> believes in Bud Norris though. That's one of the ones we don't agree on this year. Uh, he thinks there's potential there. There might be, but again, I no, haven't seen no, it. No, there isn't. No, no not no. for me. Um, <laughs> And then uh, after that, I like uh, Sal Perez getting Giovanni Gallardo, which is really boring and not that exciting. But uh, I there's potential there. I could see the Royals totally putting up runs against uh, against Giovanni Gallardo and the Orioles. It, it's not great, but if you are looking for a catcher and he fits your price point, um, and you believe in Sal Perez more than I do, I think it's totally viable. It's a place to go. Uh, Scott, you want to get us started with uh, first base again? It's a big day, yeah. and it's a good position. There's a lot of places to go. I wrote down yeah. 11 names, which is way too many. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
Who are your where, favorites? Where do you want me? Okay, uh, my favorites, like the guys if, I'm actually going to be playing yeah. today. If, um, if you're going to play in Brad's uh, DraftKings thing today, who do you think you might actually pick? You don't have to be concrete and show your cards that much, but where are you actually <laughs> thinking of going as you fill out a lineup today? Okay, so there's there's a lot of ways to go at first base. I think first base, I, in this, I never do this with first base, but first base might be one of those positions tonight where I leave it to to the last one mm-hmm. in my lineups and just plug in whoever fits because there are so many good options at all the and there's so many different price points across the board. I mean, you start obviously Paul Goldschmidt against Jonathan Nice. I mean, mm-hmm. Goldie absolutely destroys left-handed pitching. Uh, I, I love that matchup. You got Anthony Rizzo against John Moskett. And, you know, until this Moskett guy debuted in the majors, I was pretty sure that a Moskett, if you would have asked me, I probably would have said that a Moskett is some sort of woodland creature. <laughs> like um, a marmot, sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. you know, if you got uh, Rizzo up against the woodland creature, I love that matchup. Yeah, you know, we mentioned the possible Dodgers stack, Adrian Gonzalez against John Gray. I'm, I'm not... A huge fan of stacking against John Gray. I think, I think he's a lot better than most Coors pitchers. Okay, just a quick aside on John Gray. Uh, <laughs> I know a lot of people are going to be stacking at Colorado today. I totally get it. Um, and, and John Gray was absolutely horrible at Coors in, in a very very small sample last year, but he was really bad there. So I mean, I I totally get it. Um, I wrote a FanGraphs article. I had to look it up last night. It was back in 2013 about John Gray that I still stand by. It's called Coors Field Won't Scare John Gray. And the entire premise was that Gray's arsenal of, like, the high-heat fastball, the slider with a lot of horizontal movements, and his change that has some arm side run also makes him the ideal pitcher to succeed in Coors because the elevation affects your vertical movements, um, and he's a guy who relies on heat and horizontal movements. So, you know... Stacking against him if you want to. I'm just saying that, like, you know, he is just coming off the DL and all that. But there is a chance I could. I would not be surprised if John Gray goes like six innings with one or two runs tonight, and everybody's just like, ah, yeah. you know. So, um, just throwing that out there on Adrian Gonzalez. Um, I love Chris Davis uh, getting Chris Young. That's a good one. If you want to try to pick on Colin McHugh, which why not uh, right now? Uh, David Ortiz, good guy to do it with. Yeah, Lucas Duda picking on your boy Bud Norris. Yeah. Uh, Duda's got homer. <laughs> Duda's got homers in three straight games, and his FanDuel price has really not. Neither of his prices have really risen to reflect how well he's playing right now. Yeah. Um, I really Duda's a guy I could see myself plugging in a lot today, personally. Um, a couple others, real quick. Brandon Belt. Uh, again, you know the 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 San Francisco matchup, uh, uh, the the home game in San Francisco and all that. But man, he's got that platoon advantage against Bud uh, against uh, Cozart. Yeah. And man, on on, on DraftKings, I'm probably not using him because he's 4,200 on DraftKings today. But he's down to 3,100 on FanDuel. So I'm pretty interested in Brandon Belt. I've got two cheap options, two uh, like under three thousand for FanDuel, under four thousand for DraftKings. Uh, one is Carlos Santana. This one is strictly, you know, <laughs> I always, you know, we always say don't look at the batter versus pitcher data that much, but you know, like I, I like to say if it's screaming at you, go ahead and scream back. Uh, Carlos Santana has fifty-three career at bats against 
Justin Verlander, and he has gone yards six times. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that jumps out. Uh, Another one, Ryan Howard. I'm going to recommend him probably every day until they bump his price up past 2,600. He's got Kyle Davies today. I mean, I like that. There would be nothing shocking about Ryan Howard homering off Kyle Davies. No, I like that for that cheap, for sure. I mean, what if you can get a homer out of your first baseman, you've got the points for the position you need. You know, it, yep. even if he doesn't have a monster day, you just even if he goes one for four, you're like, yeah, for that price, there it is. You know, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I like that for that price a lot. And like once again, he's a guy I'm not going near on DraftKings. It's thirty nine hundred bucks on DraftKings, but on FanDuel for that twenty six hundred price tag, come on. Like, yeah, that's. I mean, yeah, he's got a lot of flaws as a player, but dude, twenty six hundred bucks, some serious value. And yeah. Zach Davies at, at Miller Park. Yeah, against Davies, yep. exactly. Zach Davies yep. didn't look good in his debut. I don't think he has it straightened out. You know, so I like that. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about Chris Young, and I want to ask Brad yep. a- again. So Chris Young's going to pitch against um, the Orioles, who love to put the ball in the air, and he likes to put the ball in the air. And you, you know, we hear a lot about lefty-righty splits, and I, I love how Brad likes to talk about batted ball splits. So Chris mm-hmm. Davis getting Chris Young, is this a good thing for Chris Davis, being able to put the ball in the air, or do you feel like he might be a little bit uh, in trouble here? against Chris Young. So, so generally, uh, I mean, you want guys who are going to put the ball on the ground against Chris Young. That's okay. going to be your, your best outcomes. Uh, a guy like Christian Yelich would match up very well against Chris Young. Mm-hmm. Uh, Davis is, he, I mean, he's such a good power hitter, and Young hasn't looked particularly sharp this year. I think he could still use him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, large stadium, uh, really good outfield. Uh, Jared uh, Dyson's back. Yeah, uh, it, it's going to be if it's going to be hard for him to get on top of the ball enough to send it out, and it's going to be very easy for him to hit a lot of very high fly balls that get caught. Yeah, <laughs> you know, for me, I was I was looking at it, and you know, if you're playing on Fanduel, you've got Rizzo, Adrian Gonzalez, and Chris Davis are all the exact same price point at 4,200. I like Davis today, but I'll I'm probably taking Rizzo or Agons at those pri- at that same yeah. price. Yeah, I, I agree. It's the the only reason to take Davis is as a fade, right? Yeah, I, I feel like uh, on days like this, we're talking about when you have so many options, even a little tiny blemish or asterisk is enough to be like, "There's other options." Like if if you're mm. nervous about Chris Davis, like the fade is true, and we're playing in a big one, uh, where you feel like he might be unpopular, go nuts. But mm. if you know if you're hesitant at all, like go ahead and pick somebody else. Uh, for sure. I still really like that Ryan Duda pick, or Ryan Howard and Lucas Duda next to each other on my list. Uh, I like both those. Rizzo's gonna be popular, scoring a bunch. Um, I had my sneakier one, uh, if you wanna go, uh, a little bit off the path. Um, in Colorado, Mark Reynolds getting Scott Casimir. Mm-hmm. If you believe in Mark Reynolds at all, uh, he gets a lefty in Casimir. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think you really need to believe in Mark Reynolds when he's got a home game against a lefty. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's <laughs> it's not going to be that popular, but, you know, in the same Ryan Howard way, like, it's not going to cost much, and he can certainly run into one. That's what he's going to do, and I think Colorado's a good place for him. Um, I kind of like Scott Casimir, but I, it's not like I'm going near him in course. So uh, yeah. I don't know if that'll yeah. be super popular, but I could, I could see something there, and, and there's potential. Um, other than that, uh, I only other two names I had you didn't 
or maybe you didn't get to, uh, Tyler White gets Stephen Wright, and I challenge you to say that five times quick. <laughs> Even writing it down, I had trouble. But um, if you believe in Tyler White, and there's no reason not to, uh, he's hitting everything. Uh, we'll see if you can hit Stephen Wright of the Red Sox, but he's hitting everything, and I think that's a fine matchup for him. And then um, the other one I had is Miguel Cabrera getting Josh Tomlin. Um, it's not the platoon advantage. I don't know if that matters if you're ready to, you know, take advantage of him anyway. Uh, but I- I'd be fine with that too. Um, Brad, did you have any first baseman we didn't get to? Two guys a little bit further down my list. Uh, both of them, or really just one of them is a good fan to play. The other one's a kind of off the wall type pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jose Abreu, uh, 3,300 on fan Really good price. Yeah. For like mm-hmm. him at, uh, mm-hmm. He's at, oh, at U.S. Cellular Field. Up against uh, Martin Perez, who is a pitcher. Yeah. You know, he, he, he can throw strikes and you know, get through an outing, but he's also not someone to steer clear of. Sure. And then uh, the other guy, if you're really looking to go off the beaten path, Biongo uh, Park will have a lefty, Gio Gonzalez, who's uh, quite volatile. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it's a good day for Gio. Uh, probably wouldn't be looking to use Park, but again, uh, if you're thinking about fades, I could see uh, going that direction. He's going right. pretty hot. My uh my concern there, in the same way the David Ross thing, is that if the Twins are in a National League park, if he has to get in the lineup over Joe Maurer, and I would hope he would with the platoon advantage, seeing his yeah, lefty, he got a check. I'm guessing he gets in. I would That's hope so. Your guess. I would hope that they would take Park over Maurer at first base against the lefty, but I think they would. Uh, it's Joe Maurer. I feel like Joe Maurer can't do anything wrong cool. in Minnesota, but we'll see. He is re- he is pretty much the only one hitting right now. Am I ca- are my cats fighting again? Yeah, the return of scats, oh, uh, scats, cats fighting. Uh, they're, on they're, the te- they're, they're testing the waters. That that could be that could become a, a, a good regular uh, segment. That's you know, big, yeah. <laughs> That's if you big. could make like a drop for when my cats start fighting, that'd be great. That'd be perfect. Uh, yeah, nice audio drop there. There we go. Um, all right, and then uh, let's go on to second base. Brad, uh, I had six names, so plenty of options, but not as crazy as the other positions. Um, who did you have at second base that was looking good to you? So at, a lot of my preparation in the morning uh, was around bargain-type picks, and Ben Zobris, I think, was a little too good to pass up today, especially sure. on FanDuel. Sure. And even on DraftKings, uh, not a bad price there either. Uh, up against Moscow, uh, Moscow. Yeah. How, how do we de- decide that was? Uh, I don't know that we did. I don't know that we did. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll have to tune in to see how the broadcasters are saying it today. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just a great matchup. Uh, he he was hitting. They moved him down the order to sixth lately, but I have a feeling he'll bounce back to third after yesterday when he kind of went off. And uh, you know, he's a, still a good on base guy. Uh, Going to give you a high floor, even if he doesn't give you a home run like yesterday. Yeah, uh, I I agree. I feel like having a body in that lineup is helpful, you know. And he, it's not like they bat him, you know, eight. I think he'll be fine there. So I agree. I, I was ready to say Chase Utley would be a good deal today, and I looked at his price on both sites, and yeah, not really that great. Higher I mean, than he I is think. a leadoff guy, and I think that's what's really getting priced in more than anything else. Uh, but I like Utley's matchup. I don't like his price. Yeah. He's been great this year, and I think if you're a fantasy owner, you're like, cool, look at what I'm getting out of him. But I don't think you're about to just be like, I'm locked up at second base, I'm done all year. You know, yeah. like, take, go with it while you can, and that's great, you know. But, uh, but yeah, uh, he might have a fine day, but I don't know about that high price as well. 
that's yeah. problematic. Um, and I, I agree with Scott about how John Gray, it's not a complete stay away, but I would at least think twice. You know, I, I don't mm-hmm. know that he's going to all of a sudden be Ubaldo in Coors Field, but he has some talent and, you know, you're ready to pick on Coors pitchers. And if you're not careful, he might go six innings, three runs, which is not a great start. But if you picked a stack in Colorado and that's all they did there, you'd be a little, you know, disappointed. Yeah. You, you it's not what you're looking for in a stack. Yeah, you need a, a bigger blow up and he might be competent. And even him being competent in Coors Field is not what you want to pick against. So, yep. um, uh, Scott, who'd you have at second base that the look good to you? Well, I missed the first uh, two, one or two guys you talked about while I was uh, filling my coffee, and also I had to. A, a buddy of mine was giving me some crap for uh, not wearing any wrestling uh, merchandise today, so I switched out my hat for a wrestling hat. Uh, um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so who'd you talk about first? Um, we uh, had uh, yeah, Ben Zobrist and Chase Atlas. Okay. Cool. Got it. Um, I love Logan Forsythe today. Mm-hmm. Um, Logan Forsythe, especially on FanDuel at $3,300 price tag, he's got, he's at the Yankees, he's got Sabathia, um, pretty much any time Logan Forsythe faces a left-hander, I own him in at least one DFS lineup. Yes. The guy destroys left-handed pitching, and he bats lead off, and it's at Yankee Stadium. I I absolutely love Logan Forsythe today, and nobody ever owns him. It's weird. Yeah. He's just like one of those guys that people are like, oh, Logan Forsythe, scroll. You know, <laughs> his, his ownership rate is always like 4%, you yeah. know, it's like every time. And so uh, I love Logan Forsythe. Um, a little more obvious one is, uh, you know, for the same price on uh, FanDuel, a little bit cheaper on DraftKings, uh, Neil Walker, I just think he's going to be cra- – he could be crazy high-owned uh, because he's been so hot lately. Um, but that matchup against Bud Norris ain't looking bad, so yeah. I'd still be interested. Yeah. Uh, back to Logan Forsythe last year, Matt and I definitely were big fans of his anytime he got a lefty, and we were were championing him anytime he had that matchup for sure. And then um, we we're kind of worried this year he like played so well he was starting every day, and they're like we're gonna bat him lead off, and we're kind of like oh no, there goes our sneaky pick, you know, in the same way that like you love him all year and he's sneaky pick, and then now he's an everyday pick, and people are gonna love him, and he's not gonna be. <laughs> Uh, a good DFS pick tomorrow. That hasn't happened. Like you said, why yeah. aren't more people in? And if they're not in, you know, and he gets Sabathia, he gets a lefty, it's Yankee Stadium. Like, yeah, I agree. You know, if the price is staying fine, I, like, go nuts. I think part of it is that people, I think people might just kind of gloss over the Rays offense in general and sure. for DFS purposes, you know? Sure. Maybe he gets kind of caught up in that. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I also really like, uh, you know, I like Robinson Cano today. Uh, his price point on FanDuel is $3,400. Uh, it's 4600 on DraftKings. Um, so if you want some Robinson Cano, you could do worse than a matchup against uh, Nick Tropiano. So yeah. that's, you know, I, I like Tropiano a lot, but that's not a matchup that scares me at all at that price point. Sure. Yeah. No, I also like Tropiano. I bet we'll be talking about him today, but... Robinson yep. Cano for that cheap, and, you know, you want a lefty against him, I, I think he'll be fine. I, I think that's totally yep. worth mentioning. Um, I had, uh, only other names I had that you guys hadn't mentioned. Again, my second base list was a little short. Um, I have Brett Laurie getting Martin Perez. I don't know that I mm-hmm. believe in Brett Laurie, but I at least want to mention a guy that gets Martin he Perez. Gets yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he's, and he's home. Yeah. It's a, it's a, 
It's a decent contrarian pick. He's going to be like 2% owned. Yeah, I, I used to uh, like Martin Perez, but, you know, he's been injured and just really hasn't shown it and doesn't strike people out. So that'll be fine. Um, and then one I like more is Brian Dozier getting Gio Gonzalez. I like Brian Dozier anytime he gets a lefty. I like the Twins against lefties in general. I think there's a lot of lefty thumpers there. Ploof is out, but Dozier's still there and he'll be fine. Uh, so I even like Gio Gonzalez a bit, but Dozier against a lefty is always on my list. So, um, yeah, and yeah, you guys wrapped up the other second baseman I had. Uh, Brad, did you have any that we missed? I, I think it's actually a pretty deep day, uh, yeah. just like any other position, uh, 15 game slate. Uh, some others that I totally could see using, uh, DJ LeMahieu, Jason Kipnis, uh, Joe Panic, yeah. Scooter Jeanette. Uh, these are all guys who, you know, have solid matchups or better and, you know, can give you usually very consistent production. Yeah. And then, Scott, for you, anybody you got before we got to move on to third? Um, no, you know, if it was if it was a shallower day, I would probably be really interested in Jose Altuve against Stephen Wright, but at, he's too expensive considering there's so many other good options at short today, and there's, I mean, if you want to stack against Stephen Wright, there's other Astros that I like better price considered, so I, I thought I'd mention it, but... Yeah, I mean he's gonna he's he'll probably have a real good day, but I mean he's not worth paying five thousand dollars for. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, again, with these Friday stacks that are so big that if you have any hesitancy, there's other options. Just you know, okay. you, you don't have to worry about it. You know. Here's here's one one quick question that I had for you guys. Like we mentioned last week that I just started playing uh, DFS, you know, during the NBA season, and so this is my first year of uh, baseball DFS. And I had a question for you guys. Like in 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 NBA DFS, uh, which is what I've played most of, uh, there's you know the basically the bigger the slate, the less you want to target the super duper crazy expensive guys. Is that kind of something you guys follow in baseball as well? Um, and it's, I was going to say, it's, so I mostly play the uh, GPPs. Mm-hmm. I, only, I only play GPPs. Yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't care don't, about cash games. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't like trying to beat rakes. It's not fun. Yeah, nope. <laughs> uh, so it's not so much that I try to avoid the big names. It's, you're, you're looking for bang for your buck in terms of expected production versus price, but then also expected ownership rate. Uh, right. So you kind of have to guess that ownership rate, and it, it does happen that the big names, people figure out ways to re- roster them. Uh, so you know, a, a Bryce Harper is almost always going to have you know, 20% ownership. You even see it against lefties. Right. Uh, still going to have a high ownership rate. Uh, he can cost $6,000 on FanDuel, and he'll still have a high ownership rate. Uh, so there, there are certain guys that you, know, you just kind of hope they have a bad day. And right. uh, go in other directions. Yeah, there's a lot of meta involved in trying to guess not only, uh, you know, who's going to have good games and who's has good potential based on their price, but also how owned they're going to be and, and what the format is. Right. And it gets right. pretty complicated and there's a, a lot of guessing going on. Um, so, yeah, even though Mark Reynolds may not have the best potential at first base, there's the, like, oh, well, but not many people are going to have him, you know. Yeah, I think it yeah. really comes yeah. into play with pitchers when you have Clayton Kershaw and Max Scherzer and whatnot. And that's why I love guys like Rich Hill, you know, because he does have the potential to have that big day. And a lot of people went with Max Scherzer yesterday or went with Kershaw and, of course, went with Arietta. And even if they had good days, you know, a lot of people picked Jake Arietta against 
the Reds, you know? And well, the, there's the flip side where if they're the only pitchers that have good days, you kind of needed to have that pick to still be in it, you know? Right. Like, if nobody right. which, which does is anything. exactly what I was talking about, yeah. like, with the size of the slate. Like, you know, for a small slate, if you got a Clayton Kershaw on, like, a three- or four-game slate, there's a very good possibility that it is impossible to win without owning Clayton Kershaw, right. you know? But on a big, huge slate, there's so many other options that you can. That's much easier to swerve away from. Is what I was suggesting. Right. Is that something yeah. you guys agree with? Okay. Yeah, yeah. especially with pitchers. Uh, yeah, today, today's a really good example. The, the aces aren't really very acey. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. No. Uh, no. Felix Hernandez, John Lester, Sonny Gray, and Matt Harvey, all with some kind of wart involved. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, today I'm definitely looking down the list a little more, uh, even if it's just a Gio Gonzalez who's a little bit cheaper, or uh, there's also more down uh, market guys who are you know, going to let you get some big hitters in the lineup. Yeah, yeah. I always find this uh, really interesting, actually, because mostly we do the podcast five times a week, and 90% of what we're doing is just talking picks for that day. So I love when we can get DFS strategy in it and, and talk about some some meta stuff. Uh, the, har- the hardest thing about all this, uh, especially for GPPs, is just not falling into the herd. Because uh, So one of the things I'm doing this year is I've uh, I started not stacking very much. Like I'll chain together two guys from the same lineup who will mm-hmm. interact. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm avoiding stacks, especially in smaller contests, because everyone knows to stack. It's like rule number one in GPP. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you stack your guys, then that's going to give you uh, the, the volatility to uh, have a winning lineup. And so I'm steering away from it. I'm trying to go into a space that not as many people are in. And uh, similarly, I try to make sure that my lineups have, you know, one to two pretty unpopular guys who still have a potential to do well. And that's a, always a hard balance because uh, you have to pick guys who can actually perform. Yeah, I think the key phrase you just used is rule number one, I believe was the phrase you said. Uh, just in terms of when people learn DFS, they're like, oh, I get stacks and that's what I do. And like that. Right. There's a weird, like, evolution of, like, as that becomes really popular, all of a sudden it's what you need to not do, you know? And you know, I... Go oh, finish, finish. And a lot of a lot of DFS can be, uh, the phrase I would use is zigging where everybody else is zagging, just in terms of, oh, that's popular, I need to not do that, whether it's specific picks or even, like, strategies. And so, yeah, like, stacking makes a lot of sense when we get why everybody does it, but once everybody's doing it, maybe it's it's a sign of what to not do. Um, and trying to be a step ahead of the curve can be very frustrating and challenging. Uh, but, but that's definitely something to keep in mind for sure. Well, yeah. And my, my perspective on like, you know, stacking like four guys from the same lineup, um, you know, I get it. You know, like Brad was saying, it's a, you know, it's, it's a somewhat, it's a proven GPP strategy. On the other hand, I, I kind of liken this to, you know, remember, you know, when you first started playing traditional fantasy, you know, you would always, you have those days if you're playing in a head-to-head league, let's say, and, you know, your opponent has this pitcher, and you've got a guy going against that pitcher. It's like, ooh, you know, I, I've got the guy going against his guy, you know, what should I do here? It's like, you know, just play your best players, play your best lineup, and don't worry too much about, like, what team they play for or, like, getting guys all playing together. Like, yeah, yeah I, I think there's there's more than one way to win, and I think people just get so, so hung up on this stacking thing. It happens in NBA all the time. People stack like crazy. I'm just like, not the whole team is going to go off together. Yeah, you know? <laughs> only so many people can score the points. The stacks can take <laughs> away from each other, 
you know, also. Yeah, oh, they can. Yeah. yeah. They steal our eyes from each other. It's, it's tough. It's a lot of throwing darts. That's what DFS is. And uh, it's, it's fun to try and figure it out, but it also makes you want to bang your head against the wall a little bit. Um, <laughs> that's why in our opening show uh, of the season, I, my rule number one was like, remember that it's fun. And remember that you're not doing it to make money, that like winning is great, but also like I like to pick guys that I think are fun. Like I like to pick Rich Hill even when he's going to Yankee Stadium and it's a bad matchup because one, I think he might do well, and two, it's really fun to root for him, you know. Uh, and so I don't know, we, we could talk about this forever. Let's try to move back on a little bit. Uh, uh, and I, I, I want I'm, to talk I'm about I'm not playing forever. DFS for fun. I'm not playing DFS for fun. It's, Show me. Here comes the money, baby. Come it, on. It's a poor investment plan. That's what I'm going to say. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> I totally recommend it to everybody. I love playing, but it is not a good investment plan. Um, so at third base, uh, so for example, like, and I've talked about this before, like, it's fun to pick A-Rod. And A-Rod gets Matt Moore, and I like Matt Moore, but A-Rod hits lefties. And so at the top of my list, if I were doing a stack, it might be fun to be like, I want to root for A-Rod on Friday, and he has a good matchup. Um, and so that's where, again, I don't know if it's the best, but it's a place to go. Um, opposite that, Evan Longoria gets CC Sabathia. You know, both third basemen can hit lefties, and both are in a good place for that. Um, and Longoria's not an exciting player as much anymore, but he's still competent. It's still Yankee Stadium, and it's still CC Sabathia. So I'm not shy. And he still hits lefties. Yeah, he'd, yeah. he'd be fine. He kills lefties. Yeah, uh, it'll be fine in Yankee Stadium. Um, my boy Eugenio Suarez gets Lester. Uh, John Lester is certainly a pretty decent pitcher, but Suarez can hit lefties also, and so that's a fine matchup for him. Um, apparently all I got is righties on lefties. Because going down my list, I got Todd Frazier getting Martin Perez. Loves it yep. lefties. It's U.S. Cellular Field. I got Adrian Beltre getting uh, Jose Quintana. Uh, also yep. at U.S. Cellular, Beltre can still hit lefties also. Um, that, scan on my list real quick. David Freeze gets John Neese, if I'm sticking with the theme. I don't love David Freeze. He's not an exciting player at all, and I think that John Neese might be fine. But, um, but yeah, the, 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 another righty on lefty that'd be okay. Um, as for lefty on righty, I got Luis Valbuena getting Stephen Wright. Uh, we've talked about how we like Luis Valbuena, uh, and Stephen Wright's not that exciting. Ooh, we had this train. the other night, train going by my house again, uh, this time in the morning. This is the, another fun of a live show, is trying to <laughs> do this. I apologize for the train going by my house. Um, Apology not accepted. I'm, I'm going to mute is, my microphone. Yeah, work out the schedule better. I know. This is not best for business right now. I know. I'll let him know. Hey, I'm trying to do a fantasy <laughs> baseball podcast in here. Can you knock it off? Uh, I'm going to mute on my microphone for a second. Uh, Brad, who do you have at third base? Who are you looking at? So uh, I'm kind of interested at the top end today. Um, mm-hmm. And... I mean, I don't, I don't know if you're going to have the money to get some of these guys, especially if you use one of the uh, top pitchers, uh, like uh, Manny Machado, uh, might be pretty unpopular today. And we were just talking about kind of trying to, to zig. Uh, even though he's extremely good, I could see people shying away from uh, Kauffman Stadium and Chris Young. And I can also see Manny Machado having a really good game in Kansas yeah. City. Uh, yeah. The guy who everyone will be picking is uh, Nolan Arenado. Uh, he's going to be very popular against Scott Kazmir, uh, as will Chris Bryant against uh, John Moscott. Yeah. Uh, so those two guys are, I would expect them to suck up like 60% of the third base market 
uh, just between the two of them. And uh, there's just a lot of other guys who are good. Uh, I wanted to throw in one one comment about Arenado before you move on. Uh, I'm, you know, he's going to be really popular. Yeah. Uh, on DraftKings, I'm still thinking about playing him on DraftKings simply because of the price point. I don't care I, how. Old I have him are. in my lineup. Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll admit it. Like, I, I don't. I, I know. I know. Dylan wants me to tell her on my lineup and uh, make it part <laughs> of like the show of sharing my team. I don't want to do that, but I couldn't pass up Nolan Arenado. I mean, on on DraftKings, Nolan Arenado and Evan Longoria are the same price today. Are you yeah, kidding me? So, so let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. How did... <laughs> Nolan Arenado is fifty three hundred on FanDuel. Yep. Evan Longoria is twenty nine hundred. Yep. That's a huge difference, and they're the same <laughs> on DraftKings, uh, both at forty six hundred, which is a good price for a high quality third baseman, but a little expensive for Longoria. Yeah. So, I, I kind of touched on a topic today in the Daily Grind, uh, something I want to explore in more detail. Uh, actually, just subtracting the prices between the two sites and seeing like where the price differences are, because these sites are getting a lot of information. Their, their prices are signaling things to us. Uh, when there's differences like this, especially you know like at Longoria, uh, you see that <laughs> cat time, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, especially with like a Longoria where you see uh, it's a $1,700 difference in prices. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a sign to use him on FanDuel, uh, that he's probably extremely underpriced there. And similarly, any time a guy's more expensive on FanDuel than DraftKings, uh, it's a sign that it's a good time to use him on DraftKings. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I, I look at that quite a bit just to, like, you know, kind of it, – it's a nice, quick little way to determine where your values are. If you just check – it takes three seconds to check how, you know, how much a guy costs on the other site, whichever one you're not playing on. And I think that is a really nice way to uncover some hidden value because, yeah, I mean, Evan Longoria, if you're on FanDuel, you're like, yeah, 2900 yeah, but then you realize it's the same price as Arenado on DraftKings. It's like, whoa, well, maybe I'm – Missing out on something here, but yeah, if I'm on DraftKings, it's hard to fade Aaron Otto today at that price, man alive. Yeah. And especially, I was looking at it last night, uh, Aaron Otto at home against lefties in his career. Mm. Uh, we're looking at 345, 411, 695 for an OPS of 1106. So, yeah. yeah. I was going to pipe up and ask uh, if you guys are worried about Arnado against lefties at all. I assume not. It's something Matt and I talk about. He actually is right-handed and prefers to hit righties. But uh, if you look, he has like the reverse split. But apparently different at home, and he's so good it doesn't really matter, right? Yeah, yeah he... it, it's a it's a talent thing. Uh, he... He had I, I some think, he had some ahead. weird noise. Uh, he had some weird noise in his data last year where he was just like strangely bad against left-handers on the road. I I don't I I think it's gonna be a one-year fluky sample yeah. thing. I'm not I'm not buying that at all. There are times like like Edwin Encarnacion lately hits righties better than lefties. Or like Manny Machado right. hits righties better than lefties. And I'm like I don't care. Like it's not like he can't hit yeah. lefty. He's gonna be fine. Right. It's, it's not a lefty killer in the same way that some guys like I target that way. But if he yeah. has a fine matchup like this one, like, yeah, I'm not worried about the backwards split at all. I agree. Especially at a, at a price like that. Like, you kind of got to go. So, um, yeah. 
I agree. Sorry, I was stepping out of that for a second, but I am I am with you guys. On, no, no, it's okay. On, on I, I just I just hope we didn't I just hope we didn't overdo the uh, the, the Nolan Arenado. Just you know, push an Arenado too fast. No, I at that price again it might be too popular, but it's one that you maybe you can't avoid. You know. Um, I mean, I wanted to ask you guys about Valbuena. I mean, he's been so bad lately. Are you still yeah. using him? Like, in your personal lineups, are you still comfortable using him right I, now? I, I, you, I you suck to using him unless it's, like, an emergency situation. Right. He's so extremely cheap. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, if, I just love the rest of my lineup, and I don't love any particular third baseman. Like, maybe it's just, like, I could pick Arenado or, like, David Wright or Luis Valbuena. I'll be like, sure, why not? Valbuena. Maybe he'll hit one. Yeah. Uh, but... That's all you really. In general, I'm staying clear. (laughs) It would be nice to see him make contact with a baseball before playing him again. So, Uh, I I have to think that he's close to losing his job to uh, Marlon Gonzalez. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, and you got to think too. I mean, they've got guys coming up the pipe from AAA, and Tyler White can play some third base. So look out, you know. Yeah, I just looked it up. Um, he is hitting two fourteen, two eighty three, two sixty two. Um, he's not non-base monster, but he has two doubles and no home runs. And that's the problem. Uh, which (laughs) made me, when we talk about the ice cold start, we talked about it on the podcast the other day. I got to bring it up again. The Logan Morrison check. I don't know if either of you heard me and Matt talking about it, but I made (laughs) Matt play a game where he guesses OPS and the game basically went lower, 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 lower. Logan Morrison has an OPS of 166. Oh my god! Hard to do, and I is was he? Saying, is he? He's got to be one of the most disappointing baseball players ever. Like, I mean, he's not. And I say that because it's not like he's been bad in his career. It's just that you always look at his numbers. And you're like, man, I thought he'd be better than this. I was in a keeper league forever ago, and he had more walks than strikeouts in the minor leagues or something. And I was like, this guy, it's gonna be great. He came up in handsome, okay, years. Uh, I think he had that great Twitter. He had that great Twitter account. Yeah, yep. yeah. No, there was Logan Morrison love for a while. Uh, it was an eighty grade Twitter account for a while there. Yeah, he is off to the about the coldest start you can have, and I think he can get it together. It's only forty three plate appearances, but that is an all time like slow start with the one sixty six OPS. It's yeah, and, and once the Rays cut bait with you as a DH, you're about done. <laughs> yeah, so that was the kind of thing where it's like. Do I like Logan Morrison this year? Yeah, I think he can be fine. Um, I like Luis Valbuena this year, too. But until he actually does something, I can't take him. Like, I can't yeah. pick Luis it's, Valbuena it's until he hits the first home run. If he homers on Friday, like, I'm in on Saturday. Like, let's go ahead. But, like, I need to see the first sure. one just a little bit. Show me one, and then I'll, I'll be with you. But if you haven't shown me one yet, it's tough. Um... Yeah, uh, I also had uh, Manny Machado getting Chris Young, um, Justin Turner getting John Gray. We talked about why you might think twice against uh, John Gray, but I don't think you you have to avoid completely. Um, And then I have uh, Matt Carpenter getting Andrew Kashner. It's Petco, but I don't care. Like he'll Matt Carpenter's not bad for lefties. You just gotta remember that it's uh, sneaky. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, he's good. Um, Brad, did you have any third baseman we didn't get to? Uh, I think that covers you know the guys we yeah. need to talk about. Yeah, Same with you, Scott. Uh, we're running all along, so let's yeah. just uh, yeah. There's plenty of options there. Um, stay on focus. <laughs> shortstop, I had six. I wrote uh, Zach Cozart getting John Lester. I not many people are excited about Zach Cozart. He's I think he had a hit streak end with that no hitter yesterday. He's been okay, but it's nothing exciting. But if you want him, you want him against a lefty. 
I um, saw that Cozart had, I think he had his first swing and miss of the year, yeah. like, three days ago. Wow. <laughs> Which I, yeah, so, you know, for DFS purposes, guy puts the ball in play a lot. Yeah, he's been yeah. doing, I, I think my expectations for him are just so low that he's been right. doing decently yeah. that you're like, oh, wow, you know, um, Addison Russell getting John Moskett will be fine again in that cub stack. I don't have huge uh, expectations for him himself, but he's a body in that lineup at shortstop, and I think he'll be fine. And he's good enough to hit the bad pitching. Um, Matt and I talked about Ellis Andrus the other day. Uh, he's getting a lefty in Quintana. That's fine. It's really hard to get excited about Ellis Andrus at all. But I guess if you want him, that's a place to do it. Uh, more popular is going to be Trevor Story getting Scott Casimir. That's righty on lefty. That's Coors. He's off to that crazy start. There's also a lot of warning signs for him as to, like, in terms of his strikeouts and why he definitely has power, uh, undeniably, but he might not hit that well in the major leagues, especially as people adjust. But it's righty on lefty. It's Coors Field. It's where you would like him, at least. Um, I had Brandon Crawford getting Jared Cozart. If you want to do a giant stack, or as we talked about, not stacking, but you like Giants players against Jared Cozart, uh, Brandon Crawford's as good a place as any. That's lefty and righty. He should be able to handle him, even though it's AT&T. And then, um, Brad, I wanted to mention your boy, Aledmas Diaz, getting Andrew Kashner. Are you in on that, uh, in Petco? Uh, his price is adjusted just enough that I'm not as enthused, but it's a guy you can definitely look at and think about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see the Cardinals, if you're looking for unpopular stacks with some potential, mm-hmm. uh, they can keep pace with some of these better teams today if they get on Kashner early. Sure. Um, who else did you like at shortstop? The, again, I listed six, but I'm not in love with any of them. Were there any ones that you were actually a little bit excited about? So I've noticed uh, price point on Francisco Lindor is very low on DraftKings, thirty five hundred. He he's just such a solid guy. Uh, you usually count on getting something out of him, and he ha- still has a very decent ceiling. Uh, Justin Verlander's also kind of not looked very good this year. Uh, in particular, he seems to be trying to throw like a power pitcher again. Yeah, and uh, not having that stuff is. Uh, it's not getting through bats. <laughs> yeah, that's probably. So uh, he, he he might try that again. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I thought he'd adjust better to uh, being more of a command type pitcher uh, later in his career than he has. And then uh, I'm starting to believe in uh, G. Segura a little bit. Uh, not that I'm in love with him or think he can continue to hit for the power that he has, uh, but I do see him as someone who's going to put a lot of balls in play. Uh, John Neese is not someone to avoid at all, and he likes to run the bases a lot, so you'll get a chance at some steals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't mind that at all. Um, Scott, did you have anybody at shortstop you're excited about? <laughs> Absolutely no one that I'm excited about today. Yeah. I hate short. I hate shortstop today. Um, yeah. For my lineups today, I'm I'm going I'm going Trevor Story. Or I'm going cheap. Mm-hmm. It's it's whichever way I have the money. Um, by going cheap. I mean specifically on FanDuel. I'm looking at uh, on FanDuel. I'm looking at Jimmy Rollins. Uh, I would not play him on DraftKings because for some reason, would someone like to explain to me how Jimmy Rollins turned into a four thousand dollar player on DraftKings? <laughs> I don't uh, know. Not, not when Francisco Lindor is thirty five hundred. <laughs> yeah, I look sense. <laughs> oh well, I guess I'll go get me some Rollins. But uh, on 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 FanDuel, Jimmy Rollins is like twenty seven hundred. 
And he's facing Martin Perez throughout his entire career. Jimmy Rollins has very, very heavily preferred left-handed pitching. Um, I think Perez is a very targetable guy. I think if you're going cheap, I think Jimmy Rollins is a really good place to look on FanDuel. If I'm playing on DraftKings, I might go to Freddie Galvis. Um, I'm not a huge Galvis believer, uh, but he, he's, he's 3400 bucks on DraftKings, so pretty cheap. Um, he's got Kyle Davies, once again, just talking about getting warm bodies who are facing Kyle Davies. Um, th you know, there's runs to be had in this game. Galvis is really cheap exposure to those runs, uh, so I don't hate him. Uh, ugh, God, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm either playing story or if I'm on FanDuel, Jimmy Rollins, if I'm on DraftKings, Freddie Galvis, get out, get away from shortstop. Like, I hate that position today. Yeah. I don't blame you at all. I like that Rollins is a cheaper pick. Matt and I talk about him in the podcast a lot just because he loves to hate him as a White Sox fan. But I think there's a there's an okay floor there, just in terms of some pop and some speed. Yeah, I mean, especially against lefties, and yeah. Martin Perez has been a mess so far. So, yeah, yeah I, I like Rollins yeah. today. Yep. Yeah, I can right. see going there. And uh, another cheap guy on both sides, actually, uh, Alcides Escobar. Uh, just uh, someone to plug in at a low cost. I think 2400 on FanDuel and 3500 on DraftKings. Mm -hmm. uh, leadoff guy and uh, you know a good shot at multiple hits against Giovanni Gallardo. That's hey, the... so Brad, how many how many times have I said how many times have I said uh, uh, Kyle Davies so far? Uh, at least half a dozen. <laughs> okay, yeah. You know, I'm 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 just thinking about the legendary, you know, the legendary Kyle Davies now with the uh, Tokyo Yakult Swallows of the Nippon Professional Baseball League. I was, you know, how's he doing over there? <laughs> probably about as <laughs> probably about as well as Zach Davies is doing here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you know, hey. Just pick a Davies and 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 stack against him. Yeah, That's what pick, I'm trying to say. pick the other I, side. I don't I don't like pitchers named Davies. That's fair. I understand. You have reason to. <laughs> you have evidence as to why. All right. So uh, yes, uh, Zach Davies. Okay. Thank yes. you. Um, Brad, go ahead and get us started in the outfield. Uh, tons of options. Huge. You know, you got to pick three, but there's a lot of places to go. Uh, where do you think you might be going here in the outfield? So, all the Cubs, let's just get that yeah. out of the way. Pick Cubs, uh, <laughs> go nuts, we'll all be fine. Uh, Against the woodland creature, yeah. Yeah. I'll actually start going uh, a little further down. Uh, we've talked about a couple of Rays today. This is a stack I really like, and Brandon Geyer usually bats second especially against lefties, mm -hmm. a guy who hits pretty well against lefties, and uh, CC Sabathia is bad against righties. So you got all these factors in play. Uh, he's only 2400 on FanDuel, uh, a little more expensive on DraftKings. I didn't check his price there, but uh, I know he's more expensive. Uh, he, he's a nice pickup. Uh, other right-handed uh, Rays are also a good idea. Uh, you can go with uh, Steven Souza or mm. uh, uh, Desmond Jennings. Yeah, I'm a I really like Sousa guy. The, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, there we go. I think yeah. we all like Souza today, I guess. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I like that. Um, how about uh, any of the Mets guys getting Bud Norris? Would you just say Mets outfield? Go nuts. Yeah, Michael Conforto, yep. Curtis Granderson, definitely yep. both of them. Yeah. And uh, I haven't been keeping tabs on Jonas uh, Suspedes as much. Uh, I know he was so cold. He, he was cold enough that I just kind of crossed him off my list. Oh, man. He's, he's heated back up again. Okay. Yeah, he's back he, in one of his hot he's, streaks. He's He'll back be to usable. Good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, he's been, he's been crushing. Yeah. yeah. I, I just haven't had a, uh, a Mets stack to recently. Uh, yeah. so. Well, that's that's a, probably a, probably a smart move on your part. Yeah. Um, if <laughs> yeah, you want to uh, 
if you want to pick on a pitcher named Davies, I think Odabel Herrera will be fine. Uh, <laughs> yes. He, he likes Good the time, and he's that. off to a fine start. Not an amazing start, but doesn't not, not crashing and burning after breaking out. 20-something percent walk rate. <laughs> yeah, he, he'll be... And, and he's he's talking about the media, too. He's intentionally trying to take more walks uh, yeah. so that he can refine himself at the plate. That Yeah, that'll be fine. Um, we got to talk about Billy Hamilton facing John Lester. Uh, and <laughs> it's, a, it's another fun one where, like, I don't know that it's going to be the most points in the world, but if I'm playing DFS and I want to like be real excited about watching a game, like that's a fun pick. Because if I pick Billy Hamilton, I'm gonna watch this game, and every time he gets on base, I mean it's just kind of a circus. Uh, part of me worries so, that all the media zero, attention. It'll, it'll be a circus zero times. Yeah, maybe <laughs> quite possibly. He has the potential to put up a zero. <laughs> that's for sure. But uh, you know, part of me worries that like the media attention has kind of made him too popular because this is something that's fun to watch. Whether you're playing him in DFS or not, I might just watch it anyway. Um, but would you guys actually consider uh, Billy Hamilton, knowing that if he can get on base, which is a big F, he's gonna run like crazy because <laughs> you know Lester can't hold anybody on. Um, are you... you talk about you talk about you, you you know you want DFS to be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Watching that swing for five plate appearances is the opposite of fun for me. Sure, sure. <laughs> need him, need him to get uh, on. I, somehow. I totally, I totally get what you're saying. though. I mean, yeah. he's a he's he's a threat to steal three bases anytime he's in the lineup. Yeah, uh, and he Lester's really not gonna hold him not well. Uh, <laughs> no. One thing I'll say is I, I like this idea of going for Reds because it's just gonna be extremely po- unpopular. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have other guys who run. Like, it, Joey Votto can hit lefties. He'll run. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Phillips will run. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the thing about Hamilton, uh, one, I'm not sure if he's going to be in the lineup today at all. Uh, I think he had, like, a thumb injury. Is only available as a pinch hitter yesterday. Oh, okay. that's right. So yeah. Not sure. Or not pinch hitter. The pinch runner. Yeah. Uh, so not sure what his think, role will be today. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. I remember seeing something about this last night, and I think this is why I didn't put him on my list. That would make him uh, a lot less fun, then. That would make him yeah, a lot less fun. Yeah, from yesterday they said uh, he won't. He likely won't start for multiple games, and that was from yesterday. So, okay. yeah, no well, Billy Hamilton. Never mind. Sorry I wasted some time talking about Billy Hamilton being fun. That's all good. Good um, catch on that, though. Uh, but gotta, but it is a good point to go with Reds, though. Cause, so, again, this is a stat that isn't always at the top of the, the box scores or, or you know, the, the stat lines. But, like, John Lester does not hold runners. We know about it. Guys in the Reds lineup can definitely steal bases today. So anybody that you think might run a little bit, even, like you said, like Votto or Brandon Phillips, you know, yeah, why not? That That's something to keep in mind. Even though Lester is a, a tough lefty, uh, that that's something to keep in mind. Um, yeah, it's definitely a different way of approaching DFS. Uh, we we think about it all in terms of power and sometimes you know multi hit threats, uh, but you know sometimes you can go after those steals too. Yeah, um, Brad, who else are you thinking in the outfield? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, Jack Peterson and Yasiel sure. Puig, I like them both. Mm-hmm. Getting yep. John Gray, of course. Short sure. Springer against Stephen Wright. Uh, that's another good one that I kind of a, a, a wild card, I consider it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it turned out well. Uh, it, it, you never know with knuckleballers. Uh, yeah. And Stephen Ray in particular, uh, a little more unestablished, uh, could uh, lead to a very wide range of expectations for this game tonight. Yeah. And so I'm not quite sure how I want to read it, but it could turn out well. How do you uh, feel? Mookie uh, Betts. Oh, oh, go ahead. 
Uh, I was going to say, how do you feel about the Tigers getting Josh Tomlin, even if it's righty on righty? Yes, uh, so J.D. Martinez is on my list. Yeah. Sure. J.D. Martinez, his, he, he hits righties really well. Yeah. I think a lot of people kind of fail to notice that, because I notice that his ownership rates are always lower than I expect when he's playing righties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I like Tomlin Justin Upton, too. Uh, he's not quite uh, he's not quite going yet. Uh, just a little bit on the cold side. Uh, so while I like him, uh, if I'm picking one Tiger, it's J.D. Martinez. Uh, yeah. I, I, I would stack two, though. Yeah. Um, I also wrote down Bryce Harper getting Kyle Gibson. It's yeah, Everybody's going to have him. I think in a big stack, if you're playing in a big one, try and go, I know, off the path a little bit. But, like, he could easily be worth his money. He's that crazy. He's just... He's Bryce Harper. It is nuts. So um, I wrote Miguel Sano getting Gio Gonzalez. Uh, that's righty on lefty, but Miguel Sano's been pretty cold. I want to see some more there. Um, I think he could do that on Friday. I think he could break out a little bit uh, getting the lefty, but it's hard to really be excited about him yet. Um, a few Texas righties getting Quintana. Uh, Delano DeShields and Ian Desmond are both getting uh, the platoon advantage against Jose Quintana. I think Jose Quintana's fine, but at least it's U.S. Cellular. I actually looked it up last night, and I I believe that Delano has reverse splits. Let me check that out real quick to make sure I'm not making an idiot of myself when I say that. I, I looked it up, and it might have been... Sample too, though. Yeah. Oh, it is a really small... Yeah, it's yeah. a really small sample. Yeah, never mind, never mind. I think he'll be fine there. The thing to keep in yeah. mind, though, is that when a lot of his values come from running, he might run less yeah. against a lefty. Uh, so I, I'm not pumped about that, but if you think the Rangers are going to score runs in Chicago, which I certainly could, uh, I like him at the top there. Um, the other name I had, uh, Brandon Barnes gets Scott Casimir. If you're looking for a sneaky Rocky to get in against a lefty, uh, they could put him in the lineup, uh, probably instead of Ben Paulson or something. Uh, and he'd be in, not going to be popular. He's in that Rockies lineup. I don't know that they're going to go off as much as the Cubs might in Cincinnati, but like there could be a lot of runs there against the Dodgers, and he's going to be able to hit, and he hits lefties. So uh, that's an, an option, more of a sneaky option, kind of your third outfielder pick. But Brandon Barnes I will at least look at and see that he's in the lineup and where he's batting and whatnot. Um, other than that, uh, Yasmani Tomas is hitting so far this year. Yeah. Looks, looks good, and he gets a lefty in John Neese. That's right. And he loves he loves lefties. Yeah. So if you I believe him, yeah. If you believe him, that's a place to go. Um. Yeah. Scott, who else did you have at outfield before we move on the pitch? Um. Let's see. I think a guy who's going to be uh pretty low owned today is uh, Denard Span. Uh. Once again, just picking on Kozart, lefty righty matchup, yeah. and then you know, a guy like Span playing in San Fran doesn't scare me away from him at all because you know if he hits one in the gap you know runs all day gets himself an easy triple you know that's a that's a park where i like a guy like denard span mm-hmm. um and once again even though this is in san francisco uh, there's runs to be had on the san francisco side of the board so you know denard span is a guy that i will consider um did we mention colby rasmus we haven't no Okay, uh, he is off to a huge, huge start. Hit two home runs last night. His price really has not risen to match his production so far. Um, and yeah, you know, picking against a knuckleballer can be, uh, you know, you're playing with fire, but um, I, I, I don't mind that at all. Um, one guy I had as kind of like my my, my Billy Hamilton alternative, uh, at least on FanDuel, uh, Gerard Dyson is... <laughs> 2600 bucks on FanDuel. Uh, I, I'm staying super far away from him on DraftKings, where he's somehow 3800 
but yeah, I mean, Gerard Dyson, even when he's batting ninth, um, which he almost always is, he's a, a very cheap source of stolen bases. He's got Giovanni Gallardo. You know, there's a good chance he gets on a couple times today, steals a base or two. I think, you know, if you're playing on FanDuel, $2,600 on Gerard Dyson is a hell of a bargain. But just looking at that price point on DraftKings, who determined Gerard Dyson is a $3,800 player? Like, <laughs> He's yeah. more expensive than Michael Conforto. He's more expensive than Yosemite Tomas. Like, why? Yeah. Like, <laughs> a lot of those are some right of the, Sometimes DraftKings pricing just blows my mind. But, uh, yeah, other than that, I think we talked about most of the outfielders I had. I think tonight there's there's a big variety, um, a lot of really good choices at, at like pretty much every different price point. Um, so I think an outfield is another position where you can kind of you know, wait until you get the rest of your lineup filled out and then just see how much money you have left because there's, there's guys all over the board here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel that way about first base and outfield usually. Um, yep. For a lot of people, often myself, a uh, place I might go first, even though we talked about it last, is pitching because it's so much of your budget and you try and pick mm-hmm. your pitchers first and then fill in the rest. Um, so, Brad, what are you thinking in terms of pitching here? Like you said, a lot of the aces aren't that exciting. The most obvious one to me maybe is Felix Hernandez getting the Angels. We all love Felix. The Angels aren't hitting much, but like... It's not a slam dunk. Um, what do you think about that? And then where, where do you think you're actually maybe considering going for Friday? So I mentioned what I called four aces of the Felix, Lester, Gray, and Harvey. Mm-hmm. Uh, the work with Felix is that his velocity's down, and you know he he's still gotten through his outings, but he's I, I've watched a couple of them, and he's had to try very hard to get through those outings. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, didn't look like classic Felix at all, where he just dominates the opponent. He's he's getting by by the skin of his teeth. He uh, still seems, getting really good movement on his fastball, though. Uh, so I think he can survive. He kind of seems uh, to be fighting himself a little bit right now. Like he's just that command is just not quite there yet. It's one of those yeah. things that I think might be just an early season shaking off the rest of the off season type of thing. You know, because he is Felix and he is so good. But I agree, there's a little bit of worry for right now. Like I'm not using him today. Yeah. Uh, there's, uh, so John Lester, we talked about if Reds get runners on, they're going to steal and then they're in scoring position and it's not that hard to get someone in from scoring position. Yeah. Uh, he couldn't give up three, four runs without even having a bad outing per se. Yeah. Uh, also games at Great American Ballpark and balls like to fly there. Also, there's a hint of a risk of rain. It's like 40% for storms. Uh, so if you get a storm one hour into the game, all of a sudden you're stuck with a short outing. So keep an eye on that, too. Yeah. Uh, Sonny Gray has to face the Blue Jays. I think that's self-explanatory. They're just a tough lineup. And then Matt Harvey has looked pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, yep. so, so those are your aces. <laughs> has Matt uh, Harvey ace. looked so bad that you might not take him against the Braves? I mean, the yeah. Braves... The, Braves, I, the, are the not... Braves are awful, but Harvey has... Harvey's been really bad himself. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, Hopefully this can help him turn it around, but who knows? I think one of the issues with Harvey is he, when he's bad, he's, he doesn't really have anything that's deceptive. He goes right through you. Yeah. And so if he can't do that, then he's kind of just, I don't know, a, a guy. Right. Uh, someone who can, uh, maybe more like a Jeff Samarja, who's also going today. And right. He gets the <laughs> Marlins. I don't hate up. that in San Francisco. Yeah. It's, it's a, a, a decent risk-reward play, because he can pitch very deep into a game when he's on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you happen to get the right day, uh, kind of like Rich Hill, where uh, you'll get a good 
output on the points. Yeah. Uh, but you can also sink your lineup single-handedly. Yeah. Uh, good or bad. Yeah, a boomer bus guy in Samarja. I agree there. Um, you mentioned Aaron Sanchez earlier. I find him really interesting. Uh, and he gets Oakland, who mm-hmm. I also don't think is that great this year. I'd like them to be, but they haven't been so far. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in Toronto, but you believe in Aaron Sanchez in this matchup? Uh, Scott, what do you think? Are you an Aaron Sanchez guy? Yes. Um, you know, Sonny Gray, not the ideal opponent for getting the W. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, right. Sanchez Sanchez has really good strikeout upside. Um, and, you know, it's all small samples at this point, but Oakland's lineup so far against righties, uh, Oakland's lineup against righties, 226, 290, 361. So that, yeah. that scares you. Yeah. You know, 650 OPS as a team against right-handed pitching yeah. uh, puts absolutely no fear into me whatsoever. And, uh, yeah, I'm absolutely going to have some Aaron Sanchez lineups tonight. No question. Yeah. Um, another guy that gets my attention just from strikeout potential, Matt Moore. I want him yep. to be good. He's going to Yankee Stadium, which is not great uh, there, but... We didn't mention a ton of Yankees today. You know, they don't have a ton of lefty mashers. Um, Brad, yeah. are you considering Matt Moore at Yankee Stadium? Yeah, I, I see it as a viable play. Yeah, uh, Not one of my favorites in the bargains, but it, it is very cheap and, uh, you know, should be a good one. Uh, we talked about several Rays today. Uh, mm-hmm. So if they go off and Moore goes off, you got an easy win, too. Yep. Yeah. Um, yep. How about your and boy? And also the... Also, uh, just one quick aside there. I sure. think I, like the Yankees as a lineup, I am more interested in them against a right-hander than I am against a left-hander. So right. that's another yes. thing I throw in there. Yeah. So. Uh, got a lot of lefties and switch hitters. Yeah. Yep. Brad, how about your boy Aaron Nola getting uh, Milwaukee? That's a pretty yeah, righty-heavy lineup. It's one I like today. Uh, Milwaukee yep. currently has the third-highest strikeout rate in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't check on the splits yet. I figured they're kind of still too small. Um, I did. Uh, It's not not crazy, but the Brewers, uh, their strikeout rate against righties is over 25%. Yeah. It's mostly for hand batters. It's it's Chris Carter. Is the the moral of the story. And Noah's Noah's interesting in that he's a command and control guy. He's basically got four pitches and – I'd really only call one of them as above average. Yeah. Uh, the curveball's a, a true plus or plus plus pitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the rest of the repertoire is not very good. It's just that he locates it and gets to the curveball. Uh, so if the Brewers are jumping on early fastballs, it could go poorly against Nola, uh, especially if Miller Park in play, uh, being so homer friendly. Yeah. Um, well, got... and also go, going up against Kyle and or Zach Davies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's that factor too. Right, it's a it's a it's a rare it's a rare shot. Well, yeah, I was gonna say the Phillies lineup. Yeah, I was gonna say it's a rare shot for an Aaron Nola win today. Uh, one thing I wanted to point out about Nola is he's very price dependent today, uh, site dependent. Um, on Fanduel he's only sixty nine hundred. So on Fanduel I am buying, buying, buying. On DraftKings he's eighty three hundred. So nah, a little less, yeah. Or a little less yeah, interesting, yeah. a little more money. Yeah. Um, two more guys I wanted to mention uh, uh, for pitchers is uh, Adam Wainwright gets San Diego. And if it's any time in the last five years, you're all about it. But he has an 8-2-7 ERA so far. Okay. Nine walks and seven strikeouts for Adam yep. Wainwright so far. So yeah. I watched his last outing, and yeah. the command was a lot better. Yeah. I, I'm less concerned about him walking the world today. Yeah. Uh, I, I still... It's hard to pick, though, right? 
I'm it, still worried that he's not going to strike anybody out. Yeah, I, that's what I'm worried about, too. Even though the Padres are pretty strikeout prone as a team, and I'm maybe still the worried that he won't get them. Curveball right. looks good again, though. I, yeah. I take Matt Harvey before I take Wainwright right now, and I still don't know that I'm taking Matt Harvey. Like, those are both, like, wait-and-see guys that I think should be fine, but, like, I don't want them now. And then they might be fine. I'm not right. saying you shouldn't. Like, if maybe that's, like, made people stay away and they'd be good picks for that reason. But mm. uh, no thanks. Like, they're just... It's Friday. There's too many options. I'm going to pick people I'm more excited about. Those are ones I yeah. want to see what happens. I want I want to see. But it's so... I hope, I hope they're okay. I want them to be good, you know. <laughs> but I, I can't yet, you know. There's... Wainwright's kind of scary right now. Um, the other one we got to talk about, uh, Matt and I picked uh, for our streaming contest. Got to go with Nick Tropiano getting the My boy. We talked about uh, <laughs> We talked about Robinson Cano. That'll be fine. And, and if you want to pick lefties against Tropiano, that's fine. But in general, so far so good for Nick Tropiano. He's getting the Mariners, who overall aren't a terrifying lineup. Um, Brad, uh, how do you feel about Nick Tropiano, at least in this contest? Is this somebody that is... DFS worthy, maybe. So, here, here's my theory, Tropiano. Today, uh, yeah. we, you have so many options. We have some really good bargains uh, who can put up good days. Uh, somebody out of uh, Aaron Sanchez, Nola, uh, Moore, Corbin. Well, one of these guys is going to have a really good game, mm-hmm. and Nick Tropiano is not going to be touching that level of performance. Yeah. So you can get a bargain, go for the upside, or you can get someone... Uh, I'm not even sure that Tropiano is a, a safer floor pick. Sure. Uh, so while I like him, and I think the matchup's fine for him... Uh, Just not a high ceiling? Yeah, I don't see the ceiling as being quite high enough to really uh, make sense. Yeah. I, I, I think he has a little bit more strikeout upside than he's shown thus far this season, even though he's been really good in his first two starts, but he does have a little more strikeout upside than he's shown so far. Um, I agree, like, in general, uh, and, you know, the matchup against Felix, too, you know, right. we were just That's talking right. about how Felix hasn't been great, but he is still Felix. Um, the only thing about Tropiano today is that you want to, you talk about values, and he's way cheaper than anyone else we've been talking about. You know, so if you're really looking for a value pitcher, I mean, he's a thousand bucks less than Aaron Sanchez on both sides. You know, he's about fifteen hundred less than Aaron Nola. That's a big difference. So I mean, if you're, I might roll out one one Nick Tropiano lineup today. So, you know, so, he's, so here's here's one thing I was thinking about with Nick Tropiano. I was considering him earlier. And if you pick Tropiano, you have all this cash. What do you do with it? You pick Cubs or you pick people at Coors Field. They're already very popular. Right. Uh, otherwise, you can't really spend the money. You're just left good with point. cash. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, it, it, it's a it's kind of a weird option. Um, like I said, Matt and I have him for the streaming contest. I yeah. like him. I like him as a streaming pitcher. If you just need some stats for your regular fantasy league or whatever, like I think we're endorsing the matchup. But yeah. when you're playing DFS, yeah. you want a higher ceiling for more points. Like, Matt Moore I, might strike out 10, but right. I don't think Nick Tropiano is going to strike out 10. And I, yeah, I I agree. I like to pick guys like Rich Hill that might strike out 10. Um, so I don't know that Tropiano is my DFS pick in that way, but uh, if you're streaming or native in Sand Fantasy, you just need a win, you need some good innings. Like, I, I, I like the matchup, for sure. It's just not enough strikeouts for me. 
Yeah, I think he's he's probably like my fifth favorite starter today, but you you know, warranted, warranted discussion. Yep. And then um last one, uh Brad, you mentioned him, um Patrick Corbin versus Pittsburgh, you thinking about going there? Yeah, it's he he's a guy I like in general. The matchup is a little hairier than a lot of the others. Uh while I can see him having a good outing, uh there's several good righties in that Pirates lineup. It's a really friendly hitter's park this time of year. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the best parks in general at in April. Yeah. Another train, really? Yeah, I know. <laughs> the worst is it drives through my driveway, and so if I had somewhere to be, it'll it'll stop me. Yeah. Hey, nice. Wait, the, the train drives through your a- driveway? Across my driveway. It crosses my driveway. Not like it's the same, but yeah. I don't, I, I don't think I've ever heard of that before. Yeah, it's... <laughs> it's yeah, you think, pardon me, I apologize. Um, sorry, Brad, continue about uh, Patrick Corbin. Yeah, so so the matchup against the Pirates, it's just a little worrisome. Uh, yeah. There's several good Pirates hitters. Uh, I, I think Corbin would be probably the least popular of these uh, bargain-type plays, and he's a little more towards the mid-tier-type price. Yeah. Uh, so uh, there, there are several competing factors involved. Uh, someone I look at more on DraftKings where I'm picking two guys. That Right. Yeah, I, I agree with that for sure. I think it's also... Um, I think Corbin gets overlooked a little bit because, first of all, he hasn't really struck out anyone yet this year, you know, and a lot of people... Playing DFS are going to look at, you know, the fact that he's only struck out, what, I don't know, like off the top of my head, it's like, I think, 13 guys in like 20 innings, and they're like, oh, that's nothing impressive. But, you know, he's he's a guy that can strike out one an inning, uh, you know, on a, on a good day. And also, um, he, he threw, I, I find this to be very important, uh, Patrick Corman threw uh, over 100 pitches um on Sunday, I believe, Monday, on Monday. Uh, Patrick Corbin threw over 100 pitches on Monday. That was the first time Patrick Corbin had thrown 100 pitches since 2013. Um, and so I think he's a guy that's worked his way back uh, to being a viable DFS option, uh, partially because there's a lot of reasons people overlook him. He's got the injury history. He's not really striking anybody out yet. Those are things that don't worry me that probably are worrying other people. So, yeah, I've got I've got interest there. Yeah, I agree. And also, I feel like it was Petco, but if Drew Pomeranz did okay against Pittsburgh, like I think Corbin is pretty decent, too. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm at least interested, for sure. Um, Scott, do you have any other pictures before we wrap up this slate? And no, I think, uh, I think we ran them down for me. Cool. Uh, we went plenty long again today. Um, I just wanted to mention, so Matt and I have Tropiano for Friday. On Saturday, which is Matt's birthday, happy birthday to Matt, uh, tomorrow, he has J.A. Happ at home against the A's. I'm taking uh, Chase Anderson at home against the Phillies. My boy Chase Anderson, still eligible. He's opposite Charlie Morton, though, and I was halfway interested in that. I think Morton getting a lineup like the Brewers, who struggle with righties, or he excels, sorry, he excels against righties. Um, It's a lot of right-handers there. He's got to look out for, like, Scooter Jeanette. You know, I I think Charlie Morton (laughs) is an interesting streamer on Saturday. Um, and then on Sunday, I have Robbie Ray against the Pirates in the same way that if Drew Pomeranz did it, Robbie Ray could be okay. It, it's not great. And he has Colin Ray getting the Cardinals. So I want to get those out there. I'll get those on the spreadsheet for streaming. Um, but yeah, uh, Scott, you have anything to plug? Anything you've been working on or writing on that we should look for this weekend or coming up? Eh. No. Eh. <laughs> not especially. <laughs> uh, 
that, that's a ringing endorsement of your own work. I'm going to put that I'm doing lots of it, well, it's just that I'm doing so much good work right now that yeah. it would take so long to talk about it. I you understand. Know? So just, just go read it. I all. understand. Uh, Scott's on Twitter <laughs> at Scott Strandberg. Go check him out right here at Rotographs. And then, uh, Brad, what about you? What do you got going on this weekend? More DFS, yeah. uh, more baseball watching. Any more kickball uh, games? Uh, no kickball games on the weekend, but I do have a baseball game on Sunday. Yeah. And uh, I'm looking to keep up my own hot streak of uh, a two-game hitting streak. There you go. That's officially a hitting streak. That's consecutive yes. games. There you go. Yep. Consecutive games, multiple hits. Yeah. Um, well, Brad's on Twitter at baseball a team. And again, we talked about earlier in the show, he's running this DraftKings contest. Um, the daily grind invitationals, check that out. Uh, you can play against him. Uh, again, he's already shown you a little bit of his cards, not all of them, but, uh, who he's picking, but we run it down pretty well. Lots going on on Friday. Are you doing that seven days a week, five days a week? Uh, probably five. Five ish. Uh, yeah. Saturday is a little hairy. Uh, sometimes I can get an early contest in. Yeah. Uh, but usually I just I, I can't commit to actually paying attention to things. Sure. And then Sundays I take off from baseball aside from actually playing it. Yeah. It's one of the best parts of DFS <laughs> is you can walk away. Yeah. You take Sundays off for baseball to play baseball. I like yes. that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. No baseball today. Too much baseball. You got to go baseball. play. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, great. Well, that should do it for us. Sorry we ran long again, but these uh, video shows are fun, and it's good to have the, the mini roundtable in here. Sorry about my train. I feel like I'm going to have to make the train like a listed guest on this podcast by now because it interrupts a fair amount. It kind of It's Scott's cats and my train join yep. us here on the show but um yeah uh, if you guys don't have anything else that should just about wrap it up for us again uh check us out on twitter i'm at higgins fos and uh we like your feedback again if you like these video shows let us know uh, any way we can improve it whether it's the time or the format at all uh, gonna look into some better chat options i think see if we can get something other than twitter an actual a uh, rolling chat or something i don't know we, we just started doing the video thing so we can continue to morph it how we like but um matt and i will be back on monday for for monday's show because again we're here monday through friday thanks again to scott thanks to brad that'll do it for us uh have a good weekend we'll talk to you then thank you for listening to the field of streams podcast for more fantasy baseball analysis visit fangraphs.com slash fantasy or follow us on twitter at rotographs